finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! What's up, y'all? This is Marcus Sniffles from the Committee Podcast. We're back again this week. As always, every Monday, dropping new podcasts for y'all. We're also part of the Kids Wear Crowns Podcast Collective, so make sure you go check them out on Twitter. They have a lot of other cool podcasts on there. Make sure for your tea needs, you're drinking Trill Tea, the best tea on the market, as far as I'm concerned. I don't even like tea, but... When I need to drink some tea, I'm drinking Trill tea. That's the only tea that I drink. So uh, we're going to get into it tonight. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, let me introduce our guest. Not really a guest. She's been here plenty of times. So she doesn't really need an introduction. But I will just say she is the real 706 God. So I'll let her reintroduce herself. I love the title. I got to get a shirt with that on it. You know how they used to like uh, do... Back in the day at the flea market with the the spray, I got to get one of those. But as always, Kiana, I don't know if I should, I'm not going to say my last name. I don't need you guys messaging me on LinkedIn and trying to mess up my bag. So I'm Kiana on Twitter, at underscore Rev Run, general um, participator in the the, the shenanigans, the nonsense. Uh, One of thousands of people that believe that Sade's music is quite boring. Whoa, whoa. What are thousands? There's more <laughs> people out there? There are several people that believe that, you know, while she's a legendary artist in her own right, Sweetest Taboo is the, snow, is the snooze fest. The I'm sorry. Slander, the slander will not be tolerated. <laughs> I'm sorry. You will say to... no such thing about, <laughs> about the queen. Shout out to Sade. I hope she's having a great night. But, you know. Oh my goodness! I can't believe it. I can't believe the slander. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna overlook that. We're gonna ignore that. We're that's cool. That's cool. We're gonna try to move past that. Let's let's get into these topics real quick. So, as always, we're gonna have a uh, a Marcus Music Minute to discuss. We're gonna have a Wine It Out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk a little bit about Derrick Rose and Kobe Bryant, and a little bit about Queen Latifah. But first. We're going to get into the worst tweet of the week. Now, this stems from an article I saw tweeted out from the Huffington Post. And it states, well, it's just, it tweets out the article and then there's like, you know, they put a little quote in there. Mm -hmm. So it says, I'm proud to be the first ever plus size girl to be the star of of a romantic comedy. Rebel Wilson tells Ellen of her new film, Isn't It Romantic? So people saw that tweet, and rightfully so, are like, in 2018, I'm pretty sure this is not the first time we've had a plus-size, bigger woman as the lead in a romantic film. And let's see, what is this person's Twitter name? Half Pint Doll responded to her and said, I love Rebel Wilson as much as the next girl. But she isn't the first plus-size woman to play the lead in a romantic comedy. Queen Latifah and Monique have both played rom-com leads. So Rebel Wilson decided to jump in and said, Hey, girl, yeah, I of course know of these movies, but it was questionable as to whether, one, technically those actresses were plus-size when filming those movies, or two, technically those films are categorized billed as a studio rom-com with a sole lead. So there's a slightly gray area. And that is where young Rebel Wilson slash Fat Amy receives the worst tweet of the week for that one. Like She's just basically copping please. Instead of just saying like, hey, I fucked up. Like I'm obviously not the first plus size girl to be the mm-hmm. lead in a romantic comedy. She decided to try to parse things and play in this little gray area where it's like, oh, where, was Queen Latifah actually plus size? Was it actually a romantic comedy? Like, right. come on, Rebel. What, what are we doing here? Uh, 
first of all, I don't know if she's ever seen Monique. <laughs> Monique doesn't need a technicality to be considered plus sized. Um, maybe the rom com thing could be, you know, an argument. Maybe because there's, you know, the the way that rom coms are defined is a little weird, especially when it comes to black films. But the whole technically, I don't know if those women were plus size. Like, since when is Queen Latifah and Monique never be been considered plus size? Uh, I feel like the bit my if I were her PR manager advising her, I would have told her one to either not respond or her response should have been to big up those women. That's those are your only two options to say yes. Queen Latifah and Monique are great in their movies, rom com geniuses, love their work, and just tweet it out and leave it at that or don't respond at all. But the whole well maybe they weren't plus size and maybe those weren't rom coms like come on girl that's. We know they were plus size, and yeah. if you want especially, to get technical, they're wrong. Especially by mainstream standard right. of like beauty and weight and body image and stuff like that. Like Queen Latifah and Monique could lose thirty pounds today, and they would still be considered plus size by Hollywood standards, exactly. not by normal people's standards. But like even someone like Beyonce is considered like uh, not big, but she she wouldn't be able to be on a runway for yeah. certain modeling agencies if she wasn't Beyonce. Like if Beyonce was just a regular model that wanted to get on, she would be probably considered too too fat, honestly. Like if we're gonna keep it blunt, like Beyonce would be fat in some circles, which is crazy to think. But, I mean, um, Tyra Banks was considered plus size for a long time. And there, I can't think of a recent time where Tyra Banks was plus size, so. Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks was considered plus size for, uh, for model standards because she was she was very curvy. She had a lot of chest. She had she had behind the hips, all of that. And she people in that world would have considered her plus size. So, I mean, to to say, well, maybe Queen Latifah wasn't sport wasn't plus size. I don't. It feels just it feels like a lazy attempt to get the heat off of her. Yeah, and and the, I guess. The thing that makes me feel like Rebel Wilson's apology is, and I don't even want to call it apology, but just her reaction as far as saying, like, you know, maybe she misspoke or people trying to cop police for, she's essentially blocking every Black person on Twitter that has an issue with what she said. Mm-hmm. That is going to her and saying, like, hey, uh, Queen Latifah, she was in Just Right in 2010. She's plus size. That was a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. You're not the first. And she, She's apparently blocked everybody on on Twitter that is black. I I haven't been blocked because I haven't tweeted her. But I mean, if we're being honest, like I'm not gonna say like I'm a super big fan of Rebel Wilson, but I do like the Pitch Perfect movies. Mm-hmm. Like I think those are those are fun movies. Like I've seen I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. But I watched the trailer for this movie that she's in. It doesn't look good. This movie just not the like it's gonna be any good. Like, this movie kind of looks like it's gonna suck. They got like the lesser, the lesser Thor brother in there. So, uh, um, I know what you're talking about. The other Hemsworth. Yeah, the other one, not the not Thor, but the other guy. Uh, so, Liam. Yeah, I mean, best of luck to her. But uh, I'm not, I'm not liking where this uh, this movie's going and hopefully she'll get a better PR manager. Maybe they do things differently because I know she's she's Australian. So yeah. Maybe they don't have movies with black people in them in Australia. She just didn't know. But holler at me, Rebel. Yeah. I would have told, told you, well one, now that she's begin she's begun to start blocking people, now you're getting into muddy waters. Um so now people now people smell blood in the water. Right. <laughs> And it's gonna become a firestorm for her to people to where people just bother her just because. Exactly, exactly. So let's since we're talking about um, Queen Latifah, does she is she underrated? I feel like I feel like it's almost fair to say that she's underrated if we look at the accomplishments that she's done throughout her career. Would you would you consider her to be like not even? What would you even consider uh, Queen Latifah? Um, I think Queen Latifah is one of those people that, you know how like, I don't, let me see how I can explain this. You know how when you, when someone is consistently good, 
that it's it's a little easy to kind of forget how good they are and let them fall by the wayside. I think Queen Latifah falls guilty, falls victim to that. I mean, um, to where she's been so good for so long. Like, I don't, I can't think of a time where Queen Latifah wasn't like great at what she did, whether it be rapping, whether it be, um, you know, her ventures into other industries, um, movies. I think she's just been so good for so long that people tend to forget like Queen Latifah is actually a, a big deal. Super big deal. Like she's won a Grammy. She's been nominated for an Oscar. She's been nominated for Emmys. I think she's won an Emmy or two. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of people who are out here winning Grammys and Oscars and doing Broadway plays. And at at a point was considered one of the biggest rappers of an of an era. Like she's a pioneer for female rappers. Yeah, and I was just about also, to say. Yeah, she's also a great actress mm-hmm. in her own right. Like, I don't even know what you would categorize Queen Latifah as. Uh, like, she's, she's it, just, it, it, it almost feels like unfair to display. Oh, she's just an actress, or she's just a rapper. She's right. there's there's got to be another title for people like Queen Latifah and like Jamie Fox, people like that that just do everything great. She's um she's definitely become one of those you know how people say like Renaissance artists like I think she's very one of, she's one of those people that's just good at everything, and so um yeah you can't just categorize her as just a rapper just an actress or just a a famous spokesperson or you know she's done her work on on Broadway well, has she been on Broadway I'm trying to think I know she's with Betsy um she was also in the Wiz Live which is like still one of my faves. I still was a, that was actually really good. I, I didn't watch that. Yeah, it really good. it's still on my DVR. I watch it from time to time. So, like, it, like Living Single is a is a classic. I don't care what anybody says. It is. Living Single is classic. Okay, now at some point that that discussion needs to be had. I feel like that show might have been ahead of its time. Like Living I don't... Single was Friends for before Friends. You know, snatch it up quiet as it's kept. Yeah, living there, single there was, was something friends. going on there. There was something going on <laughs> with uh, you know, uh, living single and friends. Like that's what it should have been. Like living single should have been better, and not better, but bigger. It should have right. been more popular. It should have been the popular show because they were exploring things that TV shows weren't really discussing. Wasn't there like uh, what? There was a lesbian on that show, right? Or someone that was like kind of yes, there was Max's friend was a lesbian. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of TV shows, especially black sitcoms, they weren't really touching on that. They weren't really, they didn't really have a lot of shows where like black women had like their own legit careers, and like the guy was just like just as just an average guy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the power structure was a little bit different. Yeah, Living Single, Living Single definitely pushed the boundaries. It was funny. It was um, very socially aware for its time. Um, there yes. was, you know, women in positions of power. Khadijah owned flavor. Max was a lawyer. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was on there? Uh, Regine was a designer. A show. Well, she knows she was a, a buyer. Like all these women were in power. Uh, even Sinclair, who was a bit ditzy at times, she was still a woman that was uh, about her business. Um, and the men didn't seem threatened by that, which was, you know, maybe something that was a little bit different. Back then, I was only like six or seven. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, Living Single, Living Single is one of those shows to where you can go back and it's still like, ooh, that's relevant. Oh, that's that's relevant. I can see this show being being here right now. Now, that's not to say I would like a remake because I don't want a remake of the show. But mm-hmm. Living Single was definitely ahead of its time. Definitely ahead of its time. So, like we said, Queen Latifah had, had Queen Latifah has had iconic moments in TV, music, Broadway. Who who doesn't remember her and set it off? Right. Like that's 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 an iconic role for her. That's an iconic role for anybody. And she has that along with all the other lists of her accomplishments. So so big ups to Queen Latifah for just being consistent, consistently great for decades. Because it's not easy. Absolutely. But uh yeah, they call they, they don't call her queen for no reason. Right. So <laughs> So recently, one of my favorite basketball players of all time, Derrick Rose, put up 50 points 
against a great Utah defense. He did it at home in Minnesota, and that was his. That was actually his new career high. Like he's never scored that many points a game before, and it was crazy, crazy t- for me to believe that because I'm a Bulls fan, so I remember Derrick Rose when he first got to Chicago in his rookie year, mm-hmm. being an All Star, being the MVP, you know, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, getting to the playoffs, all those times. And how dominant he was, how great of a scorer he was. And I just thought, like, he had to have scored 50 at some point. But apparently he didn't. And this week was kind of a celebration of Derrick Rose's career and what and all he's been through. Because, like I said, he came into – he's from Chicago. He's not from the greatest place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was able to, you know, make it to college, one and done. I'm cool with that. Get your money, like. He shouldn't even have had to go to college, but that's a different conversation. Gets out of college, gets drafted. The Bulls had a, I think it was a 0.8% chance of getting the number one overall pick, and they were able to get it, and they were able to draft the kid out of Chicago to the Chicago Bulls. He gets to the Bulls, rookie of the year, playoffs, consist like for the next three years, they get to the playoffs. He wins his an, an MVP, and... Unfortunately, he he runs into uh, the LeBron Heat teams, and mm-hmm. you know that's a whole different discussion about how Been dominant there. those teams were. But you know, as a Boston fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> but, <man. laughs> but Derrick Rose, he he ran into some issues. Mm-hmm. He had just every year for like the next three or four years, he was just having constant injury troubles with his knees, ACLs, meniscus just getting torn apart. His knees just weren't able to, I guess, sustain his level of player. Just they weren't able to support him for those few years. Eventually he got let go by the by the Bulls, which was a bittersweet day for all Bulls fans. But, you know, you got to move on at some point. But he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He's had little injuries here and there. But he finally landed in Minnesota. He was able to put up those 50 points. And it was a big deal for the NBA. Like LeBron was talking about it. Damian Lillard talked about it. Uh, even people that aren't, you know, basketball players, but fans, everybody was super happy for Derrick Rose mm-hmm. because he's been through a lot professionally. Now, personally, he's had some things off the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sued or he was taken to civil court for uh, like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Apparently him and a couple of his friends gang raped a woman. And this is great because Nas just entered in the conversation. So I'm sure he's just wondering, like, what are you guys talking about? (laughs) I just came in when people was talking about rape. Yeah, that's a a perfect time to jump in. Uh, But anyway, uh, he was, he was, him and his friends were accused of raping a young lady. And I'm not saying Derrick Rose is guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. But based on what I read, because I followed that case pretty closely because, like oh, I said, I'm a Bulls Derrick fan. Rose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I read yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Bulls fan. He wasn't playing for the Bulls at the time, but I felt like I should, you know, just keep an eye on the case. He was, and, um, he was with the Knicks because I'm a Knicks fan, so I was watching it closely, too. Yeah. Man, he did have a, Nick, a Knicks stint. That's he crazy. did have that. Everybody's got that one stint. The Knicks got to pay everybody. You know, everybody yeah. Has. Everybody got to go through the Knicks. <laughs> once, once a Nick, always a Nick. Okay. Oh come on! <laughs> Yikes! What a thing to have attached. Yeesh. To. <laughs> I don't know. I'd want that. But uh, what was that? Um, yeah. So he he went to to civil court and just you know reading the transcripts, some of the things he was saying. Some of that stuff didn't look too good. Like he, there was a a, a situation where he said he didn't know what consent mean meant, mm-hmm. and. I'm not saying the dude was guilty, but and and they didn't find him liable, mm-hmm. which means it's you know because he went to civil court. That doesn't mean it's criminal. Like you're just the burden of proof has to be on the the person that's taking him to court. So the young lady had to bring proof to show that he was liable for you know damages that she sustained during that encounter with him and those other guys. But my question is. How do we how do we discuss something like this? And I, 
I'm more interested in, in Kiana's take on this because she she is a woman and she's a woman that's in Fact. the sports. She's in the sports field. Like this is you know what she does. Is it is it right or is it? I don't even say appropriate, but should this be brought up during Derrick Rose's you know big night? Like he scores fifty points, everybody celebrate him. Is then a good time to be like, oh, but don't forget he had that civil civil case and. And they're actually like going back to court, I think, this week or next week, like for like a retrial or something like that. Like they're going back to court over this. So it's when is a good time to bring stuff up like this? Oh, that's um that's tricky. Um it is. <laughs> I would say if I was writing, I would say it from two different perspectives, I guess. If I was writing, if I was covering this, um, I don't know that I would bring it up within this conversation. I just don't know if it will be applicable from a journalism standpoint. Um, it's, it, it mars, it, the waters get kind of muddy when you look toward, maybe if you're on a first take or like those shows where sports opinions are important, then you may bring it up. Um, but if I were writing this specifically, putting it in a, a sports journal or just, you know, filing it to the local Minnesota paper, I don't know if I would bring it up in depth. I may mention it, mention it in passing it in the last sentence. Um, personally, though, I know that these things for me um, aren't things that disappear. So I may be like, oh, man, congratulations for Derek, to Derrick Rose for having a 50-point night after all he's been through. Um, he's been through a lot since he's left um, Chicago. This is a big night for him, a big night for the NBA. Um, but in the back of my mind, I would still kind of think, but – this man is a man that's been accused of sexual assault. Um, it still hasn't been figured out. So I don't know. Personally, it would muddy the water for me for Derrick Rose. Um, but I guess professionally, I would not let it take away from his his night. What do you think, Nash? Um, I kind of have a problem with it. And this is why. Um, I feel like and I hate to, like, be the guy who rings this bell, but, like, we don't hear about this with some of our white superstars in whether it's the NFL or hockey or whatever. When they have a, a great achievement or whatever, we don't talk about stuff that they've done in the past. When Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. does whatever he does, we don't talk about Ben Roethlisberger, you know, forcing himself on that woman. That's true. You know, but when it comes to our black superstars, oh, Everybody is quick to talk about these these things that happened, and I'm not saying what happened in that place, you know, with with his his accuser didn't happen because I don't know what happened, but I would hope that these things didn't happen. My thing is is that we gotta we can't we can't move the goalposts so to speak when it comes down to our superstars. It's it's not right. Now, was I happy for Derrick Rose when he scored 50? Yeah, because is I, I remember seeing Derrick Rose back in like 09, like, yo, that dude's a, a special talent. I remember all the special things that he that he did. Like, so when you see a glimpse of that happening again, you're like, wow, like that's what I remember. So when I heard like Rachel Nichols the next day talk about, you know, all that stuff, I'm like, Come on, Rachel. And like, and Rachel Nichols is a well-respected journalist. Like, mm-hmm. she got she got street cred. Like, everybody loves Rachel Nichols. But it just felt like, come on, man. Like for real. Like you. Like y'all gonna like harp on this? Like it. I just think I thought it was whack. I don't think the case and what's going on with him is whack. I think that needs to be hammered out and get and everything justice needs to be served on that. But as far as just bringing that up when this man has gone through everything like this man broke down crying I wanted to cry for him I did not watch that part I know I could I know I couldn't watch that part I was like like, I'm not watching that (laughs) like when he when he broke down his voice started cracking I was like man like I felt him I I felt him because I'd seen what happened in Cleveland I'd definitely seen what happened in New York where he just turned up missing and didn't want to come and play play a game or whatever like So when you see these things, you see how far he's coming. Like he scores fifty, and like at like the old Derrick Rose, like it's great to see. And it was so funny because I was talking to my brother that day. I was like, "Yo, man, um, there's a a fabulous song where he just uses this huge Derrick Rose scheme." And I was texting him that day. I was like, "Yo, man, did this age well?" And he was like, "Nah, man, because Derrick Rose sucks." 
And then, like, mm. later on, he scored 50. And I'm like, how was the age now? He was like, yo, that's right on time. Perfect. So, it's, you know, it's just – I just wish it didn't happen to our black superstars like that where we, we have amnesia when it comes down to our Caucasian superstars. But when it comes down to our black superstars, we're quick to bring up, you know, all the wrong that they've done. Well, I, I for me personally, just based on, you know, what I see, I think that more so falls on the, the mainstream media. Like, I feel like on Twitter, like, because, I mean, there's people like you, people like me, whenever Big Ben is brought up, I feel like there's a bunch of Black people on Twitter talking about, yeah, Big uh, Ben raped this burger. Like, I feel like we're bringing it up, we're calling it out, and it's just the mainstream media. It's not, they're not doing their their job as far as, like, mentioning stuff like that. And, I mean, people's, people still, to this day, you know, talk about Michael Vick and what he did, like, even though he yeah. did his time and he paid, like, if you read Michael Vick's book, he did more than any other person would have done in that situation. Like, he, I want to read that book, actually. It's a, it's a great book, actually. Like, he was supposed to pay back some sort of money, but he could have, there was some sort of, like, you know, paperwork or legal mumbo-jumbo that he could have done that would have brought the price down that he owed. Like, he would have had to pay back less. He was like, no, I'm going to pay the full price that's something he didn't have to do, but he did it anyway because he wanted to show people like, hey, I'm going to do this the right way. I want people to know that I'm like contrite and I'm sorry and I'm apologetic and all those other things. So if you're still bringing up Michael Vick, but you ignore Big, Big Ben, then, then there's a problem with you. Um, when it it's comes like to this Jay, It's like what Jay-Z said, man, in the story of OJ, still nigga. Yeah, all day. I mean, like when it, when it comes to this, this Derrick Rose thing, I don't know when the a good time is to bring bring this up about him, because for me, once Derrick Rose left the Knicks, I thought his career was done. Like I, I that, honestly thought that. I thought he was going to retire. I thought it was a wrap. Mm-hmm. If you'd have told me, you know, Derrick Rose scored twenty five points, I'm like, hell no, Derrick Rose ain't scoring no twenty five points. Right, gonna score fifty. That's crazy. So I can I get why everybody's making a big deal about this because. People and legit thought he was done. But not for nothing, he actually had a good year in New York. That was actually a good year for him. It, it wasn't like it was a good year. Like he he averaged good points. Uh his assist was up, rebound like it was a good year. It just wasn't Derrick Rose that we loved. But it was a good year for anybody the dominant, else. The dominant D Rose. But I it's it's honestly it's a tough conversation to have for sports fans. I don't I don't know if sports fans are I don't want to paint a broad brush, but I don't know if sports fans are able to have that conversation as far as like, hey, let's talk about Derrick Rose's, you know, score fifty points, but after we celebrate that, let's not make his fifty point game into Derrick Rose as a great person because we don't really know yeah. that. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. there's a difference there. We don't we don't know these people. Right. I think it, it starts a larger conversation of do we or should we separate? I think it goes back to that artist and art conversation. Should we separate yeah. the artist from the art? Um, and so should you separate the player from the transgressions outside of the lines? Um, I don't know. That's a tough that's a tough conversation to have because for some these these are important issues. Sexual assault is important is an important issue. Um, so when when are when is it appropriate to bring up that situation in conjunction with him kind of having his reemerging party? Or you know, we've seen we had a moment, we got a flash of the Derrick Rose we saw in the 2011 MVP year. Um, so do you do you cloud that moment, such a triumphant moment, with a moment that's kind of dark? Um, how much of it do you infuse into that conversation? Um, it's it's a it's definitely a tough line to walk, especially in a media uh, society that's very uh, focused on um, the negativity of a player, of a sport figure, or of any figure at all, because it, oh, yeah. it drives conversation. So, yeah, yeah, the cancel culture is cra- is crazy. I was right. just gonna ask, I was just gonna ask, like, to be just to be devil's advocate, like, I was trying to think what's the an equivalent, like in as far as the music industry, as of a fifty-point game. I'm thinking, like, say, R. Kelly goes double platinum on a on a CD. Like, are we are we gonna champion? Like, wow, man, R. Kelly ain't had a hit in years, but this album is fire. But don't forget, like, we're like, you know, are we 
moving them for the goalposts for for different people because we like them more or whatever. Like, how how do we do it? That's why I, I was gonna ask that question. We move the goalposts to, to fit our own narratives. Facts. Yeah, I'm personally I'm not. R. Kelly can have the best song since. I don't know, whatever the best song is since Single Lady, and I'm still gonna be like, <laughs> I ain't listening to that, I'm good. <laughs> well, I found out that he doesn't get paid for his publishing, so I was like, well, shit, if you don't get paid for his publishing, then I'm, I'm, I'll listen to one or two songs. That's like if Kanye came out with like an amazing album, I would never know because I'm not gonna listen to it. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Believe that. I already know it's coming. But you know what? That's actually a nice little transition. We're gonna go into the uh, music minute, and this is about um, Mac Miller. And Mac Miller passed away. It's been a few weeks now, and that, con- just, that concert was amazing. I went. There. Yeah, they just recently had the. Uh, it was on title, right? Yeah, it was on title, but I I was there. Um, oh, you were actually there. Ooh, yeah, that's since, nice. Ben Staples yeah, was there. I love him. Yeah, since I just moved out to California, that was. One oh of yeah, that's there. right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's that dope. That's dope. That was one of the few things I wanted to do, but uh, yeah, that that was hot. It, it was dope. You, uh, John Mayer playing uh, Small Worlds, like oh my gosh, that it wasn't a dry eye in the room when he did that. Like it, because that's one of my favorite songs from the Swimming song, from the Swimming album, Small Worlds. So when he did that, I was just like, man, goodness gracious, it it, it breaks you down. Now I'm sure the atmosphere was was incredible out there yeah it was definitely but yeah this is this is going to be um it, it kind of ties into the concert like just all the the love people have for him as an artist and as a person and i've been on twitter for since 2011 so about seven years and people will find anything negative to say about anybody like they will look for a reason to be super negative or super critical about anything. Santa Claus, President Obama, puppies, babies, cute babies, like they're like anything. People will find an issue with anything. And since Mac Miller has passed away, I've been, you know, casually looking and I'll, you know, search his name every now and again, but I haven't seen anything negative about this guy, either about his music, about his personality, about how he interacted with people. And I guess, I guess two days ago, someone tweeted this, and this is, this is the most quote unquote negative thing I've heard about Mac Miller. And she said, I feel like y'all only hyping up Miller's music because he's dead. His music was decent at best. Now, I don't, that's, that's her opinion. But it's, I don't think it's super negative or super critical. Like, I can see where she's coming from with that because, I mean, a lot of people do that when, you know, someone passes away, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're elevated to another level. It's like what Jadica said, dead rappers get better promotion. Exactly. So, and it's, I, I, I just feel like it's it's a testament to, to Mac Miller and the people that he was with and I guess just how he was as a person, like, mm-hmm. Even 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 me, like when he passed away, like I wasn't. I knew who Mac Miller was. I listened to some of his music, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I was a fan of his. But I knew of him. But just to see the reaction that people had inspired me to go back and listen to some of his mixtapes, to go listen to his albums, and I and I felt like, man, I, I really missed out. Like I should have been on this dude. This dude is nice. He's really talented. He's really expressive. He's pushing the boundaries and. Even with that, he's a nice person in real life. Like everybody likes this guy. To yeah. speak on to speak on it, man. Um, one, when Matt Miller died, that was like I said this on Twitter. When Prince died, that was a bad day for me. When Matt Miller died, that was a really bad day for me. Like I just got finished listening to like that whole. I was doing errands that day, and I was listening to that whole album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I literally pulled into my house. At, at the end of the last song, turn my car off, and I got a phone call from a homeboy like, "Yo, Matt Miller just died," and I just couldn't believe it. But he was talking about this um, a couple weeks before he had passed. That um, 
I forgot who the art, who what artist said it, whatever. But they said they were talking to Mac, and Mac was just like, "Yo, they're not gonna fuck with me until I die." Because a lot of people was playing him because he released his album the same night or the same day as Astro World, and everybody yeah. was like, "Everybody was like Mac Miller, like nobody gonna fuck about Mac Miller." Like Twitter went had a field day about playing Mac Miller when that album dropped, and. That album was actually a really good album. A really good album. He, he's done all his own beats. Everything like that. Um, but just in hip-hop circles, from what I've read and what I've seen, like, he was genuinely loved by everyone. Everyone. Like, a person like Currency, who's one of my favorite artists, or whatever, who really doesn't show any emotion, when I saw Currency on stage cry, during when... The, while he was performing Money Shot, the song that he did with Mac, and he just cried. Like, that says something to me because nothing really gets currency to show any emotion. Um, When Schoolboy Q said he wouldn't release his album this year because he didn't want to deal with any Mac Miller questions because him and Mac were so close. Mm -hmm. um, That said a lot to me. A lot of people loved Mac. And... um. And it's even more heartbreaking when you listen to this interview where he's talking about, he's like, yo, man, I'm trying to get myself together. Like, I don't want to die. I don't want to be a part of the 27 Club. This is like three, four weeks after, you know, before he passed when he does this interview. Like, I don't want to be a part of the 27 Club. He passed away when he was 26. Like, it, it, it's crazy. But he was just a really, like, you can feel his energy when you listen to his songs, yo. Like, from, from Blue Side Park on up, like, you, you felt him. You felt him. He was just a, a genuinely good guy, and it, it felt good to listen to him. Yeah, Mac, um, I'm not, I was not a huge Mac Miller fan. Um, I did enjoy, you know, a lot of the music that I, I was able to hear from him. I think I just would get caught up in the music cycle and never um, get a chance to listen to him as much as, you know, others would. But I, I think I first heard of Mac Miller around the Our Future days when I was a huge Eye Future fan. Um, and everybody would just talk about how dope Matt, Mac was. Like, you could just come to his house. People would just record in there. Uh, ben Staples credit, credits him a lot for, like, being the person that, like, really pushed him into music around the mixtape era. He was uh, a genuinely, he seemed to be, I didn't know him personally, but he seemed to be just a genuinely caring person. And he was talented, super talented. He played tons of instruments. Um, his music was really good. And it's, um... It's sad to know that one that I won't say I'm not one of those people who's like, well, he's dead. And now people are people want to get on him and stuff, because I feel like that's that's the beauty of music. Like this is a tragedy. But the beauty that was born out of the tragedy is that his voice will live on forever for people who never had the chance to listen to him while he was alive. So his his legacy is here. There are people that carry it with him through their music or just through them personally. Um it's a sad thing, though. I wish, I wish, wish, wish that he didn't, um, that he was able to conquer the battle that, that he was dealing with and, and still be around with us. Yeah, man, Lena's, Lena's just a, I didn't know that Lena was that bad. Like, when you hear about Lena, like, you're like, okay, Lena. But I think, like, the two people who I, I had heard to me that, like, really kind of passed away from Lena or complications from Lena, one is DJ Screw, mm-hmm. two is Bun B. I mean, not Bun B, excuse me. Pimp C. Not Pimp C. So when you hear like there was kind of like some complications about Lean, because that was pretty much like his his thing of choice. Like he loved Lean. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, like you know, so you, you think about people like Future and all these other artists, you're like, yo, like, is, is this a wake up call for them now? Like like what no. what what like what where's the where where does it end? Like when is it like, yo, we gotta something gotta happen, something gotta pop. And I, it's just like and when this whole disrupt and when did this whole drug culture become like the thing to do? Because like I remember like coming up, we always I always heard music about the drug dealers, the mm. drug dealers. Now like in almost every song we hear about the drug users. Like oh man, mm. I'm high on Zanny, I'm high on Perks. This you know, like where does it? I, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm gonna come off as super old for saying this, but just go back to smoking weed. Like stay off the pills. Get off the lean. Just smoke weed. It's grass. It's nat. It's natural. Like, just and I feel like that. 
that trend of uh, you know rappers doing lean and popping pills, and I don't think that's I don't know if that's ever gonna stop, honestly, because like you said, Pimp C died from this, and he died a long time ago from this, and people are still doing this. Like J Cole releasing his KOD, which is kind of like trying to push rappers in a different direction, and then what Future and and Juice World or whoever someone. I'm not yeah, sure who that young man is. Yeah, come up with a collab album, essentially, you know, praising you know drug use or whatever. So it's like I didn't know who, I didn't know who Juice World was until I um I was at a festival and Thirty Seconds to Mars did like a cover of a song that he did, and I was like, oh okay. Yeah, it's going to be tough to to move on past that. But I mean, just to to wrap up on Mac Miller, I I really took notice for him to him when. Um, you know, because every every blue moon, Jay Z will get on Twitter, and he was yeah. about all of these rappers that inspired him, and all the rappers that he liked, and one of the rappers that he mentioned, along with all these other great rappers, was Mac. Mac. And yeah. I was like, really? Mac he Miller? Said, he's he's like Mac Miller's nice too. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah, because like, yeah, he because he forgot. He was like, oh shit, Mac's nice too. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. Like, if he if if Jay Z never mentions Mac Miller's name in that tweet. No one is getting on Jay Z for doing that. No one's gonna be like, "Oh, you didn't talk about Mac Miller." Like, the fact that Jay Z was like, "Yo, let me go back and add Mac Miller's name to this list because he inspires me that much." Mm-hmm. That says a lot about what Mac Miller did as an artist. And man, like, even when he like, I know we're, I was trying to wrap up on this, but even when he passed, like, if you go to if you were on Instagram that day, every rapper, every media member. Everybody had a photo with this guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. knows him. He's like, he like everybody has that one person that just everybody knows. Everybody's cool with. You want to go hang out with them. You want to you know chill with them. They're they they they're the one that you want to hang out with at the spot or whatever. They're always around. And Mac Miller apparently was that guy in the yeah. hip hop community. Everybody loved Mac. He was cool in like from what I saw, he was cool in all the circles with all the gangsters. Everybody everybody really rocked with him. Yeah. All right. All right, Peter. That man, man. He was yeah. a rest in peace, Mac he, Miller. He, he he appears to be one of the best guys out there, and he's he's gone too soon. We gotta. I said on Twitter the other day, like a week ago, like I was like, "Damn, today would have been the day that Mac Miller started his tour." I think it was like Damn. a week ago. I was like, "Damn, Damn. that's tough." Jeez, man. I don't know how what? we're gonna transition well, Kanye, out of that. Kanye <laughs> likes McDonald's. I Kanye didn't see that. I saw that. Mind, guys. We need to. He's on. Uh, he's. He needs to be. You know how in like old Baptist churches they got sick and shut in lists. <laughs> Somebody no. needs to go see about him because he's not okay. The fact that he tweeted that McDonald's is his favorite restaurant made me question my my fanship to him and if I should listen to his music anymore. That might have been the most offensive thing he's ever said. That cemented it for me. I'm That's still on the awful. Yay, I'm still on the Yay Tannic, the Yay, you know, not the Titanic, but the Yay Tannic. <laughs> it's sinking, it's sinking quickly too. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, women and children first. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> here listening to. At, I'm at the bar listening to Last Call. I hear you. But uh, we're we're gonna. Yay, man. Hopefully, he's, hopefully, he's Yandy is dope. Yandy, Yandy better be dope. That's the it has to be. It has to be. It he needs be, it to be great. It better be longer than seven songs, and it better be dope. Because it, 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 I don't think he can afford to be dope anymore. He needs to be like legendary at this point. I'm rolling the Calabasas myself if it ain't. <laughs> Roll the bottom and fight him. <laughs> you might not ever make it out if they get a hold of you. They got McDonald's and Calabasas. You don't tell. You don't tell them what you like. I'm finding, <laughs> I'm finding every McDonald's and Calabasas until until I find this man. Yeah, he'll be the one in the Bugatti. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna wind it out real quick. I don't I don't have like a particular wine, but uh, the last this last week I was drinking some wine. I can't remember what it was because it's I'm not a wine person, but it's I don't know I don't remember the name of it, and I don't want to go down to the kitchen and, and look at it. But I will say, if you get about two glasses of wine in you, that's some of the best sleep you'll ever get. Oh I man, was, I was 
What? Out with the wine sleep is the best sleep. Way better, way better than getting wine, wine, wine drunk. Wine is the best sleep, but wine, like wine hangovers, is the worst hangover. Yeah, yeah those are pretty bad. <laughs> I, like I know my spot. Like two glasses, like that's my sweet spot right there. Like I'm good to go. I had three glasses of uh, some Cabernet um, with my homeboy. He was, you know, he was trying to stunt on me and everything. Took to this nice restaurant and paid for dinner and all that shit. But um, that was some of the best Cabernet or. Savignon, whatever they call it, he called it cab, but it was dope. And I had like three glasses, and then we smoked like three L's afterwards. And I was like, "Yo, this is some of the best sleep I ever had." When I woke up that next morning, you were like, you, you "I really gotta, get, I gotta get my wine uh game together." I drink like really cheap college girl Moscato, and I was like, <laughs> "Clean, I clean well, like, up a bottle sleep? in a minute." Yeah, like, a- like <laughs> super like seven dollars sixty cent wine. <laughs> 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 she getting the, the Sutter. She getting the Sutter Home mini bottles of the of the sweet red. Matter of fact, there. there's a Kroger brand <laughs> that I am like really in love with, and I'll I'll clean a bottle Kroger. of that quick. So yeah, I really I got to get my wine game up. Well, hopefully, uh, whenever El Chapo makes it back, she'll be able to to hook you she's up. Gotta help the, me. Shout uh, out to her. Wine. She's the uh, connoisseur over here, but my wine is going to be about Halloween and these kids in their costumes. Now, uh, my girl Gift Queen was on Instagram, like, uh, I guess earlier this week, and she was ranting. Like, she had, like, 50 stories talking about how she essentially hates children and them asking her for candy because, <laughs> because they're taller than her. But, uh, so Halloween was, you know, this this past week, and this was my first time in this in this new neighborhood, you know, handing out candy. So in this, in where I live at now, the, there's a lot more kids and the kids are a little bit older and they really put a lot of effort into their costumes, which I can appreciate. You, you show up to my door with an interesting, like dope ass costume that I can tell you put work into, I'm going to give you all the a big, a big handful of candy. I'll, I'll even give you the buck. Like, Hey, take what you want. Like that's, that's, that's my policy at my house. You have a good costume. You put in effort. You can get the good candy, but this one chick, this one girl came to my house, walked up my driveway, held out her dirty ass bag. And I was like, and I asked everybody this, even if I can tell what they are, I'm like, Hey, who are you? Who are you for Halloween? And she was like, I'm me. I'm me. I, was, I almost called her a bitch, but she, she looked like she was 15. She looked like she was 15. So I didn't say that, but I was like, Oh, okay. So I reached into my bucket and I gave her one single starburst, one. And I told her as she walked away, I said, you come with a better costume next year, you'll get better candy. Cause I'm not playing that. You're not gonna just show up to my house begging for candy, not in the costume. You want some candy, put some work in, put a damn costume on. Put, Yo, I'm gonna see, like, see you every holiday if I was there. I'm gonna I'm come see you every holiday. I'm gonna do some rambunctious shit to your yard. Just I off wish the one starburst. Hey, it's 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 Halloween. You gotta dress up. Like at that point, you'd be better off just being like, "Hey, bro, can I have a dollar?" Like you might as well just be out here begging. You're like a homeless. Okay. Person. All right. So that lets me ask a question: What's the age to stop dressing up? With like, as far as going out trick or treating, what is the age to stop? For I, go my ahead, last trick or treating. Well, okay. So my. I have to qualify my statements by saying that I grew up in a heavily Christian household. So I've been trick or treating twice. <laughs> the first time I, my mom didn't let us walk. Well, she let us walk, but my sister didn't want to. So we drove around the neighborhood. Um, and then the second time I was like 15 and walked around the neighborhood. So I cut my, and I didn't even dress up. So my last year Halloween uh, trick or treating was, I was about 15 or 16. I want to say I was 15 though. I think my last year I was 13, 14. I think that was my last, my last hurrah. I can't remember the last time I went trick or treating. I mean, I, I took my, I walked with my son while he was, he was dressed up as Spider-Man. So I walked with him while he was trick or treating, but I didn't dress up. Now, next year, we're going to try to, you know, do a, a family thing because my other son will be old enough to, to go out there. So we're probably going to end up dressing up. But for me, I don't care how old you are. I think I don't think there's really any age limit to trick or treaters as long as you dress up. 
if you just put like a sheet over your head, that doesn't count because I don't know what you do with that sheet the other days of the year. So <laughs> as, long as, as long as you're dressing up, um, you can be 80 years old. But if you come, you know, at my door, you know, dressed up as the, the old man from up, I'm going to give you some candy. Like, fuck it. Like, you dressed up as something, so get some candy. But next year, this is my plan for next year. My plan for next year is to have a bucket of candy for the good costumes and then a bucket of walnuts for the lazy kids <laughs> that just want to show up and get candy because that's not how that works. Yeah, not at my house. What not we at did, my house. Well, we did our apartment complex or whatever because uh, ours is like gated or whatever. You got to type in a code to get in. Like the, the landlord, he just put like a bucket of candy out and that was it. Like, that's all he did. I honestly don't blame him. I just have a problem when people ring in my door, doorbell and like rap it to say, I don't, let me, I will hand out candy, but it has to be on my terms. So I'll do it for like an hour and a half. But after I that, you don't have to talk. Like I've given all the candy I plan on giving. So please stop ringing my doorbell. Well, a, lot, a lot of people in the neighborhood, what they did was they, they turned their porch light on and they'd sit outside in the driveway. Yeah, so I do stuff like that. They just sit out there all night. And like once, you know, so once they go inside, then that's kind of like the, the, the sign that, hey, shop's closed. Like, and I say that I, I because the, the light off was, the light off at the- at Yeah, the yeah, turn the light off too. Yeah, you got to turn the light off. But I mean, a lot of people sit outside though. Yeah. There was a kid that like looked inside my house. Ooh, and I, that's when wow. I was like, I don't really like the fact that you're on my porch right now. Wow. So I started sitting in the driveway because I'm like, I don't really need you looking in my living room, kid. That's crazy. I got Over something some I, need, I got something I want to complain about. Oh, something I need to whine about. And that is yeah. um The Walking Dead. We need uh -oh. to have we need to have a conversation, people. The Walking please, Dead the Walking please, Dead. Please no spoilers. Please no spoilers. I haven't started this season. <laughs> I'm just saying, we need to have a conversation, people. The Walking Dead is the Walking Dead has been done for like the past. We're on what season eight right now. I'm trying to yes. Trying to figure out. It's been it's almost been ten ten seasons of this show. Walking Dead has at least been over for at least five seasons, people. It's been over. Like, <laughs> I can agree. We we need to have a conversation about this. So um. So you say you haven't seen this season? I haven't started this season. But but you know what happened last season? Yes. Okay. So when they killed Karloff, I was like, yo, this, they really jumped the shark. They really don't know what they want to do. That was my because, favorite episode. What? I hate like, Carl. I hate Carl. Bruh, like as a person who like, who started from the comics, like I started from the comics and then when I heard they were doing the show, I was like, oh, I'm with this. So, Carl's still alive in the comics right now. Like, he's handling business with the whispers and everything. And I just, I, when they killed off Carl, I was like, oh, these niggas don't know what they doing at AMC. They don't, like, they, they don't know. Like, they just they just want Daryl to live. That, that's all they want. They just want Daryl to live. And Daryl ain't even a real character. No, my, no, people, no. My, my peoples, we need, to let, we need to let this go. We need to let Walking Dead go. A lot of people have jumped off of that show and i understand it i understand it but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna write that down and i'm gonna put that on the list of uh shows we're gonna discuss also so to to wrap this up we're gonna talk we're, well we're not gonna talk about it, but i'm just gonna ask both of you guys for your top five candies Ooh. starting from five to one does anybody want to go first because I, I have my list and I oh, yeah, let me hear, let me hear, let me hear your list. Yeah, you yeah. go first. Okay, let me first start off by uh -oh, saying. You know what? You know. Uh -uh. <laughs> let me first start off by saying, uh, if you eat candy corn, you probably go to the club barefoot. If you you're, eat candy corn, you're, you're trash. trash. You're yeah. trash. Candy corn is the worst candy. I, I'm not. Even, it shouldn't even be called candy corn. People who I eat candy worse. corn will eat your lunch out of the work refrigerator. No, those facts, are the worst people. That want to microwave fish in the microwave yeah. and work like Come get on. out of here. Come on, people man. are the worst. Okay, so number five. I don't know what this candy is called, but uh, it's like it's in a red package and it has like a little brain at the top. It's like a strawberry thing. Like it's it's in my grandma's purse all the As time. The ones that just pop up. Where do you get those from? I've never seen those in the store, but my grandma has a million of them at her house. So the the grandma store. 
Yeah. So I guess I guess you you get them when you turn into a grandma because I have no idea what they're called or where you get them from. But that's they, number five for me. They see you the location with your AARP. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They come in like a press kit for you. Exactly. So that's number five. Number four, uh, M and M's with peanut butter in them. Thanks. Number number three, blow pops. Any kind of flavor, preferably watermelon. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you on that. Number two, the Hershey's Kisses with white chocolate. And number one, my all-time favorite candy, Skittles. You got all the candy that make your teeth hurt. Word. I'm. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like I, when when I took my kids trick or treating, my goal this year was to not eat any of their candy unless they got Skittles, and they got Skittles my ear hole. So. I had to walk too. I didn't dress up, but I had to walk, so I feel like I deserved it. This is how this is how you this is how you parent, ladies and gentlemen. This is how you parent. Parenting one on one. I'm gonna write a book. I think I, I think I got a list. Um, number five, I'm going with Fifth Avenue. You got hmm. peanut butter. You got the little the wafers in the middle and the chocolate. Like that was the joint right there, Fifth Avenue. They don't even make those no more. That's that's showing. I'm showing how old I am with that. Um, number four, whatchamacallit. Ooh. Uh, you got the, the nougat caramel jump off with the, like, the Rice Krispies and the, and the chocolate and everything surrounding it. Also, uh, um, also good. Number three, I'm going with the, uh, peanut butter M&Ms because those are just straight, the jump offs. Those are, those are great. Mm -hmm. Um, number two. Sheesh. Number two, I am going to have to go with Kit Kats. Ooh, wow. I love a good Kit Kat. Okay. okay. You you can't deny a good Kit Kat. Who denies I love a good Kit, Kit, Kit Kat? And number one, over everything, because like one, this is the, the best food to eat when you're high. Is the best food for anything, the best candy for anything. It's an all occasion candy, and that's Reese's. Oh, ew. <laughs> Reese's, you put some Reese's peanut butter cups in the freezer and you forget about them? Bruh. Oh my gosh. I have a fundamental issue with peanut butter and chocolate mixing. Like, I just, I can't do it. Really? What? You one of those what? people? Yeah, it's not my thing. Oh, man. No, for See? real? You don't go there with that? See? Nah. I can't do it. Oh, I wish. I can't do it. You must have candy corn in your list. I used to eat candy corn when I was a child. <laughs> wow. Wow. Even, but I've seen the light. You sound, social like, services. You, sound, you sound like the Smarty eater right now. You sound like you oh, I love Smarties. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. I love Smarties. Um, if I had to start from five, I'd say, uh, man, I'm, my list is going to sound like an old woman's list. Um, so I really love baby roots. Oh. <laughs> That would be my number five. Said um, almond joy or something. Oh, my mom likes almond joys. I can't do those. <laughs> I don't like coconut. Um, so baby roots number five would be the white chocolate Hershey, like not white chocolate. It's the cookies and cream Hershey bar. Oh yeah. Number four. So that's number four. Um, number three, I would say the watermelon sour patch kids. Mm. Those are bomb. Yeah. Um, two would be peanut M and M's. And then, but not peanut butter, just like the peanuts on the inside. Oh, with the peanut. Okay. Oh, right. the, the yellow packet. The yellow packet. Right, right. Um, and then number one, Airheads. Like I could just, I could run through some Airheads. Airheads. It's got to be the mystery flavor or like watermelon. Airheads, man. Okay. You know Shout what? Out to I, I, I ain't gonna hold you on that because Airheads, the blue raspberry jump offs. Man, Airheads are amazing. Yeah, the airhead. Especially at like community basketball games when they be like fifty cent or quarter, you can get like eighteen airheads for the whole team. I just used to hate it because like my grandma used to be like, "Yo, my grandmother's West Indian, so she'd be like, Nudge, don't eat any candy today.'" I'm like, "All right, Grant." Then I eat some airheads, and they tell on me because my tongue gonna be whole tongue color. purple. <laughs> And I, I'm defenseless. And then she gonna tell me to go get the wooden spoon. And uh -oh, <laughs> you know, and it's on. 
And like I, I didn't get beat. It's just like across the knuckles. Like West Oof. Indians, like West Indian punishments are like weird and crazy. Like a step is almost like a step below waterboarding. Yeah, you know, <laughs> God damn. Yeah, a, a wooden spoon across the knuckles. Like, who thinks of stuff like that? Like, who like who raised you? Like, come on, that's wild. Like, that's wild. I might as well. I might as well take the like the chest cave in. Like, like my mom used to sometimes. It's a wonder I don't have asthma to this day. Facts, facts. Anyway, well, well if you're if you listen to this now. um at us and tell us what your top five candies are so we can argue with you and tell you that you're wrong. It better be Reese's or peanut butter M&M's too on the as list. As long as as long as Skittles is on your list, you're fine with me. If candy Skittles corn are amazing. if candy corn is on your list, I'm gonna block you because you're, you're terrible. You're terrible. I don't know what else you're capable of doing and you gotta report you. You might bring harm to my family, so I can't have you in my life. If but, you have candy corn, you probably have a burner phone. <laughs> you probably got a track phone. You definitely steal. Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'd like to uh, clothes from the club to the church the next morning. Oh, oh, and you ugh. steal stuff that don't even make sense. Like, why did you take my spatula? What did you need that for? <laughs> can openers. I has. I've actually had somebody steal a can opener from my house once. Like, what? What is the purpose? <laughs> Didn't even ask the bar or nothing. Like. I went to their house. I was like, this looks like my can opener. No, you brought that over. You brought that over, remember? No, I would never bring a can opener. Why would I bring a can opener to your house? I'm just pulling up with a can opener. Come on, man. (laughs) See, that's a that's a show all in itself. The craziest thing somebody's ever stolen from you. Mm -hmm. Definitely, for sure. I think mine would be my virginity. But anyway, (laughs) we're gonna go ahead. (laughs) We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, I appreciate you, you both for coming on, especially uh, Nigel. It was super last minute. Um, Kiana, Kiana, as always, for, for stopping by and, up, and up. giving us her time because I know she's a, a busy woman out here. So, uh, I got Kiana, one question. go ahead. When are we having our office discussion? I need it's, to know. It's coming. I, it, I, honestly, it might be the end of the month. That's what that's what I'm trying to do, but you know, okay. we're, we're working with Crafty Cake, and now you, y'all, are both on the West Coast, so it's uh-huh. it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be tough to put it together, but it's going to just, happen. Just let me know. Just let me know, and I'm showing up with bells and whistles on because I'm ready to debate this. Because if for people who's listening, and and y'all may not follow me, y'all follow Marcus. He says a lot of reckless shit about the office. Honestly, what about, Honest. about my about my man Jim, Jim Halpert. He be talking a lot of trash about my man Jim Halpert and Pam Beasley. And I feel like I gotta I gotta defend them because he has this hashtag that Jim is trash. So trash. He's not a what? trash person. Man. So trash. But that is coming though. Like I I told Crafty Kick, I was like, yo, I told Sierra, I was like, if I gotta fly out to the West Coast just to be in y'all's time zone to make this happen, then that's what that's just what it's gonna be. So. Bro, just just let me know, and I'll, I'll be there. I'll, I will wake up, whatever. Just let me know when we having it. I'm there because you ain't gonna keep on down talking, my man Jim Halpert. I will. Him. I will. I will. Jim is not even a man. He's a boy. He's a boy. He's a boy. Anyways, Kiana, if you could uh, plug your podcast for us. What's up, guys? Again, uh, between the lines. You can follow me on Twitter at BTW in the Lines Pod. You can follow my personal account at underscore Rev Run, where you'll probably see loads of um, reminders that Beyonce is, in fact, coming with an album. Be Beware. January 4th is the date that I'm thinking of, so make sure you're looking out for that. Um, but you can also listen to Between the Lines on Spreaker.com and on uh, Apple Podcasts. Just search Between the Lines, and I'm right there. Hit that subscribe button, rate, comment, all that good stuff. Cool, cool. Nice. You know you got your one half of the <laughs> Two Dope Smarts podcast. You want to go ahead and do your thing? All right. All right. Um, it's your boy, Naj. Um, on Twitter, you can reach me personally at you want to be nice. Uh, that's nice with the Y, N-Y-C-E. Um, you can also catch me and my boy, CJ, on our podcast, Two Dope Smarts. Um, that's one word. At Two Dope Smarts. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, 
and most recently we just made it some brothers just made it to spotify so yeah we're doing our thing right now um no no show for us this week but uh we'll definitely do something next week um also i gotta figure out a way to put marcus on that show i want marcus the guest the guest on that show so uh yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll it, the, all these things are going to come together and it's all going to work out. I can tell you yeah, that right now. If you, if you like pop culture, if you love wrestling, this is the show for you. Definitely give us a, definitely give us a listen. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Exactly. Make sure you guys are subscribing to both of those podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. Make sure you give a five-star review to this podcast and both of those podcasts. They help out a lot. They make a difference. Be a exactly. good person. And if you've if you've already given us a five star review, take your mom's phone or take your dad's phone, take your friend's phone, take your coworker's phone, and give a five star review from their phone. They they won't know. But, yeah. Uh, we're, go ahead. No, my bad. Uh, we're we're also on the uh, the kids wear crowns collective, their podcast collective, and we're um, we're not sponsored by. Uh, Trill T, but everybody on um, all the all the hosts of the podcast fuck with Trill T, and it's really good. Yeah. And you should it, it is really good. Everybody, everybody that's ever drank it has always came back with glowing reviews about it. So make sure you guys uh, drink that. Um, any shout outs? Um, uh, shout out to Beyonce. As always, as always. Uh, shout out to. The oh guys. no, no, no! Seriously, shout out to Ben Staples. For FM, FM was the the best release of this past weekend. Shout yeah, out to Ben Staples for FM. Hot take. Shout out to Action Bronson. He had the second best release. Um, also, shout out to the Knicks. Shout out to my boy CJ. Shout out to my boy uh, Will. Oh, if y'all love um, pins and collectibles and t-shirts, uh, check out 123pins.us. Use the code STAYSMARK, S-T-A-Y-S-M-A-R-K, and y'all get 20% off um, of Purchases over twenty dollars. So hey, yeah. Bet. So you can follow me on Twitter, Marcus Sniffles. You can follow uh, the other host, El Chop of Wino Wine or SB Reports, South Three Seven Zero Six. Whoever. This is Committee Podcast. We out. Peace. Gang, gang. Bye. Yeah.